you know, you can go to school and I don't want to name certain places, but no truck stops here. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 basketball podcast. I'm Carlos. Joining me, fellow basketball boy, Greg, at Banana Morphs. This week sucked. <laughs> you just going to give us a, a rating on your week? I think that's, Every week that's it's what uh, I'm going to be this. doing now. Uh, either it's good or it sucks. <laughs> Last week, good. This week, sucks. Good. Great analysis already. Uh, Avery was supposed to come on here, but I guess she's not. Uh, I was going to talk to her about uh, being a, a bloater simp. Have you ever played the Last of Us video games, Greg? Never. There's a, uh, you know, obviously the zombies are infected, fungus things, whatever. Uh, and they've got one particular kind of zombie called a bloater. It's this big fucking zombie that has been infected for decades, for years and years. It's just gotten so infected that it's just this massive, overpowered boss type thing. Uh, and it premiered on The Last of Us HBO show. And people were uh, people were on TikTok making making fan cams of the of Big Daddy Bloater. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, people on the internet get horny for literally anything. It's, it's out of hand. <laughs> Pedro, Pedro Pascal, has uh, he started uh, reacting to the, uh, the fan cams that people make of him, which is very funny, because <laughs> he has a uh, robust internet fandom. He, he does. Are you, uh, are you a Pedro Pascal stan? <laughs> I'm not... I, I've never watched anything that he's in, so I can't really? be the Mandalorian. I watched it, but like, does it really count when I didn't know it was him until I was already stopped? Like, I'd stopped watching it by that point, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I didn't watch Game of Thrones, and I don't watch the last. Was he of in us. Game of Thrones? I think so. I think so. What? I swear, really? someone told me he was in Game up. of Thrones. Yeah, he was in Game of Thrones. Okay, I guess that's where he got his. I, I didn't watch Game of Thrones, so um, okay. Good for him for being in that show. Uh, anyway, yeah, he's in he's in more and more stuff. But I uh, know people people like mm-hmm. The Last of Us because he is an attractive man. So anyway, uh, we had another eventful weekend of Pac-12 basketball. We'll talk about UCLA's big weekend. We'll talk about Arizona's stunning loss, uh, USC's stunning loss. Uh, we'll talk about Pac-12 net rankings as we head into the final weeks of the season, Pac-12 player of the year race, and much, much more. But first, we have Pac-12 football discourse up at NoTruckStops.com. We have a full football episode there to talk about rumors on the Pac-12 TV deal, George Kliakoff being spotted at an SMU basketball game, uh, what we think about SMU and maybe even SDSU joining the Pac-12 and other Pac-12 newsy news kinds of stuff. So if you want that and other Pac-12 content from NoTruckStops, hit us up at our Patreon at NoTruckStops.com. And lastly, we're begging, pleading. We are on our knees. We are ready to sell our bodies for you to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, Greg, what are you willing to give up for a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Uh, What do the people want? I'm willing to give it up. (laughs) (laughs) Send Greg. Tell Greg Greg at Bananamorphs on Twitter what you would would do in exchange for a five-star. Five star review. He'll do anything. What what is it that you want to see from Greg? <laughs> exactly. Uh at me, everyone. At at the podcast account at No Truck Stops Pod. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm shameless. I'll do anything. <laughs> Great job. Uh we're petering out right now at three point five stars still. Plenty of y'all are listening to this, so hey, if you haven't uh, if you haven't already, leave us five star reviews. 
Anyway, uh, let's get into it with a recap of everything that went down in the Pac-12 this weekend. I won't make you read this one, Greg. I'll go ahead and do this one real fast. First up, on Thursday night, UCLA beat Oregon State handily in a sloppy game, 62-47. ASU beat Stanford in a close one, 69-65. Arizona played with its food for a little bit, but in the end took care of Cal, 85-62. And Oregon absolutely smacked USC and Eugene, 78-60, to set up a must-win game against UCLA on Saturday. Then, on that Saturday, Oregon State dragged USC into the mud and stunned the Trojans to complete a USC offer against the Oregon schools in the Pacific Northwest. Meanwhile, ASU needed overtime to beat Cal. Arizona was upset by Stanford, thanks in part to some hot shooting from the Cardinal. Uh, the Cardinal went 8-10 for 18 from downtown that game. Then later that evening, Wazoo beat UW in Pullman 56-51, while Utah dominated Colorado 73-62. All of that ended with a UCLA beatdown of Oregon, 70-63. UCLA actually led by as many as 20 late in that one. Uh, And then Oregon had a garbage time flurry to make that score look closer than it actually was. Uh, Let's start first here with all the stuff that happened with UCLA beating Oregon in Eugene. We talked about how this was basically a play-in game, a must-win game for the Ducks at this point. Uh, Oregon actually led by five at the half, but UCLA turned in a pretty masterful second-half performance to throttle the Ducks. So, uh, Oregon probably just had its tournament chances dash, but Greg, let's start with UCLA. As they move closer to taking control of the Pac-12 regular season title race, what did you think of the Bruins in this particular game uh, against Oregon? I mean, I was impressed specifically with the way they were able to handle uh, the foul situation with the bigs early on. I thought that was going to be a big issue, and they ended up just you know taking care of business like you said uh i uh, <laughs> i don't have a ton to say about it it's just like ucla felt like a better team you know and despite like i said the foul trouble with the bigs thought that might be an issue didn't end up being one ucla's just better yeah ucla's bigs got in foul trouble really early on in this game i think the first like minute or two minutes or 90 seconds adem bona gets his first foul mccronin immediately yanks him puts in kenny nuba kenny nuba <laughs> goes on to get three fouls in the first 10 minutes of the game three that's absurd and then adem bona comes back in and he gets his second foul and so now we get like eight seven minutes of mac etienne yeah, we got 15 uh, whole mac etienne minutes in that game <laughs> Oh my god! I didn't realize it was so <laughs> no much. No shots from him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's an extremely Mac Etienne game, but uh, yeah, not not a not a great performance from the Bigs. I thought they did fine when they were sort of in there, especially Kenny Newbo. I was kind of impressed with what he was doing, considering I don't know, considering the the circumstances. Um, but yeah, despite all of that, and Folly Dante actually went off in that first half. He had eleven points, I think seven rebounds in that first half. UCLA uh, totally tightened up the screws and, and made some really nice adjustments that, yeah, completely shut him out. It was he, had, he finished the second half with two points and two rebounds, a non-factor for Oregon. So uh, the, it was a tale of, two, of first halves for this one. Uh, Oregon was up five at the end of the first half. An ugly, they forced UCLA to play some ugly basketball. They um, uh, did a nice job of uh, limiting Jaime Jaquez early on. It felt like what it was going to be a big Amari Bailey game. He had, I think, eight points off four for five shooting in that first half. Didn't score again in the, uh, for the rest of the game, I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, but really, he sort of was their only source of offense for a little while. 
Meanwhile, uh, Oregon was not getting anything it wanted. I think in the first, I don't know, five minutes of the game, uh, Oregon was really dominating offensively. Uh, UCLA did turn up the screws, but then sort of let let loose a little bit towards the end of the set, the first half. Um, but the second half was uh, unbelievable. How much of this game did you did you get to watch the Jaime Hawkes takeover moments? So uh, this game for me was uh, on at the same time as. Which other game was it? Because I, I watched Colorado, a lot Utah? of games. That's the one. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was watching at the same time as Colorado, Utah, or uh, Arizona, Stanford. But um, well, we'll get to both of those. But, yeah, we'll get to those. <laughs> yeah, so I did not actually see most of what Hayomayakas did because it felt like every time I switched over, it was a whole lot of nothing that was happening. <laughs> um, I didn't get to it see was, our Lord and it was Savior. Absurd. It was insane. (laughs) Insane. Like, this man was like, I think he had like, I don't know, four points, five points. I feel like, I I don't know, I wish we had the splits here on what Jaime Hawkes did, but that second half was a a Jaime Hawkes takeover. He did whatever he wanted against Oregon. Something woke up within him uh, to get him to 25 points off six for, ooh, no, eight Eight for for 20 20 shooting. Yeah, Yeah. which doesn't sound great, Um, but... I mean, I mean, he was horrific in that first half. Second half, though, completely took over. Uh, the other player for UCLA that took over was Jalen Clark. Uh, his defense finally came came around to what it normally has been, and he was sort of playing at the level that he had been. Um, he had a kind of brutal first half yet again, but the second half, it sort of felt like he he woke up. Uh, his, he was all over the place defensively. He was a nightmare for Oregon. And then offensively, he was attacking. He was really aggressive, especially... Uh, off turnovers, uh, many of which he created. So those two really turned it on in the second half. Uh, it was a, it was a, a, an impressive performance from Jaime Hawkes and Jalen Clark, the two best players on this team at this point. So I, I, this is a, a really, really encouraging for UCLA. I feel like they are putting themselves in position to maybe make another, another really strong run here. We had, they had that what 14, 13 game win streak, from December into January, and uh, they lost a couple back to back to USC and to oh shit, who did they lose to? It was USC and how am I forgetting? Oh, was it no. Arizona? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Why did I forget that? Oh, uh, absurd. For anyway. some reason, I almost said Washington State, but no, they they killed Washington no, State. They yeah. they murdered Washington State. Almost lost to them back in like December. Mm-hmm. Um, so impressive game from from UCLA. This we talked about this as them being a uh, I don't know this cementing them as the best team in the Pac-12 as taking pole position for the regular season conference title for becoming a number one seed and possibly taking that right now. Uh, maybe just outside of that, but we'll see how everything else shakes out. So it, impressive performance from UCLA. Uh, they they uh, they turn it on in the second half. This is the best win they've had since maybe Maryland, Kentucky. They beat those teams back-to-back. Deeply impressive performance. So I know you didn't get to watch this one, but uh, that's sort of how it went. Oregon, though, uh, we talked about mm. we talked about this as being a must-win game for them. Uh, the the Ducks did not look good in the second half. Uh, they and Folly Dante completely disappeared in the second half. Will Richardson, kind of another quiet game from him. I feel like it's deja vu with him again. Like last year, we talked so much about how they needed Will Richardson to step up late in the games where Oregon's tournament chances were uh, hanging in the balance. And uh, Will Richardson disappeared. This is another one of those games. He had five points off two for eight shooting. 
um, three turnovers. Uh, it was uh, and four fouls. It was a, a very not good Will Richardson game from him. So, what what do you think of uh, Oregon's tournament chances now? Are you uh, are you are they dead? We said they needed to go three and one. They all they they can't do went, that anymore. They they can't do that anymore. Yeah. So uh, I think they're dead. Uh, okay, they have to win the Pac-12 tournament to get in at this point. Okay, uh, okay, they have too many losses and. They've blown their chances at the great wins now after the loss to Arizona and then this loss. Uh, yeah, I can't. It would be just completely shocking to see Oregon get an at-large bid after this many losses. I think the path has narrowed to the point where they now cannot, they don't control their destiny in the regular season. They've got to win out. I think they absolutely mm-hmm. have to win out. And they and I don't think that's hard either. They've got Washington, Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, Stanford. Two of those games are auto wins, Oregon State, Cal. Washington sucks. They should win that game. Hey, Oregon State got USC. They did. Uh, I'd, I'd like to think Oregon State is better than USC, but or Oregon is better than USC, but um, well, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't know. I think they could, I think, Oregon is favored in every single one of those games except at Washington State. They're a one-point dog per Kempom. Um, but I don't know. They could go 5-0. and The issue is if they went 5-0 and in that stretch, finish, what? what is that, 20-11 and on the season, and then lose their only game in the Pac-12 tournament, I think they don't get in. Uh, I don't think they make it. I think they'd have to win a game. Like They almost have to hope they don't get a top-four seed so that, so that that way they get like another game they can play in the first round. And then you got to hope that, like, in a semifinals or a quarterfinals, they play in Oregon or a UCLA and knock them off. They have to. They have to beat UCLA and Arizona, at least one of those two teams, in the Pac-12 tournament to sort of get back into pole position for a bubble spot. So, and that's a tall ask. Like, you're asking them to, they, they could not beat UCLA in Eugene, and now you're going to ask them to beat UCLA in Vegas. Uh, same thing with Arizona. That game is going to be a home game for Arizona against Oregon. So it's a lot. It's a big uphill battle. Yeah. Rip, rip Oregon's tournament chances. I think for the second year in a row, uh, seriously. And second year in a row, they did it the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Where it looked like they had a brutal non-conference and everyone was like, nah, it's fine. Oregon's going to figure it out. They maybe look like they're starting to figure it out, but they have a couple dumb losses, and then you're like, okay, wait, hold on a second. They've won four of five, and they've won mm-hmm. what is this, one, two, three, four, five, six, six of six of nine. Um, you know, they're coming into the UCLA game. This is their chance, and then they blow it. Uh, they did a lot that that happened several times last season. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. We got to start talking about Dana Altman. Uh, what is going on with him? We might. Is it just this? constellation of players like is it just will richardson nafali dante uh well, quincy guerriere uh like they just don't they don't figure it out together like what is it his, his whole thing is he's supposed to to build like these rosters uh i mean that's on him if the guys he brings yeah. in don't fit together and while you know you can't you can't just you know completely write off a coach because of a couple bad years because Everyone misses on players. It happens everywhere. Sure. But yeah. I do think some questions need to be asked going forward. Like if this continues to happen, maybe he's just lost the magic. We don't know. Yeah. It may and it's maybe it is just this constellation of players. Cause this is a there's a lot coming back from last year, right? Will mm-hmm. Richardson, Nafali Dante, yeah. Quincy 
Guerrier, uh, you know, those those dudes are the core of last year's team. Uh, Jermaine Cousinard, all those dudes are the core of last year's team. And uh, they came back, and, and maybe it's just that collection of players does not gel well together. They don't they don't fit uh, with what Dana Altman's trying to do. Uh, we'll see. They they bring back, they'll bring back Khalil Ware, uh, I think, unless he goes to the draft. I don't really know what his draft situation is. Nate Biddle. I thought if you'd asked me two months ago, I would have said he's definitely gone. But I think his yeah, stock has fallen some. He had a brutal game, uh, this game. He did not do anything. Uh, and And what he did do was just very loudly bad uh, he, <laughs> he his numbers don't look bad it's three for eight uh, eight points off three for eight shooting which isn't horrible but it felt like every time he got the ball it was like i don't know he'd turn it around and hit the side of the backboard on some like really horrible shot you're like <laughs> yeah. seven foot you're seven foot dude and you got like six inches on the, the any mistakes UCLA he player. made count like each of them for three mistakes because they were so big <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how it feels um so anyway, Oregon's got some shit to figure out. I don't think I don't have any confidence that they'll even go five and now. I think they're better than all the teams that they play on their schedule, but I don't know if they're well coached enough to beat a uh, Washington State. Don't know if they're well coached enough to beat, uh, you know. Uh, I guess they could beat Washington. Washington kind of sucks, but um, anyway. All right, well that's Oregon. So let's move off of uh of there. UCLA beating Oregon. They go two and zero. Oregon goes one and one. They did beat USC. We'll talk a little bit about that game later on because that was a, a good performance from, from Oregon to get them in this position. Okay, let's move on to the other big result. Arizona loses to Stanford in Palo Alto, 88-79. to Azula Sabellas got in early foul trouble. He ended the game with just four points Oof. and four fouls. Courtney Ramey did go off, though. He had 26 points off eight for 16-3, but in the end, the Cardinals' hot shooting was just too much for the Wildcats. Greg, it sounds like you watched this game. What happened to Arizona? I think what we saw in this game was a little bit of last year's Zulus Tabellis. Um We talked last week about how this year was different with him. Like, he was, uh, he has been, what's the word, just significantly more present. He doesn't disappear like he used to disappear last year. Uh, he's just always going to be that guy. Uh, it's why he's player of the year in the conference. But in this game, I get the foul trouble was there, but you are the best player on the court. You have to know better than that. You can't be getting these stupid fouls. Um, And despite that, Arizona should still be beating a team like Stanford. And yet, it was like, I get that we want to say, yes, it was hot shooting by Stanford. Uh, And it was, like, the next time they play... Stanford Stanford will not shoot like that again this season, I don't think. Uh, but Arizona was not making it very hard on them, I don't think. Uh, they made maybe some dis- difficult shots, but it was so much of what Stanford did just felt easy. And uh, Arizona's got to be better than that. Like, this is why, this is why, I can't remember who, I saw someone tweet that... Uh, like bet on Arizona to win two games in the tournament at your own peril. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Like they're way too prone to have games like this where they just, they still feel a little soft. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, Stanford was aggressive in this one. I think the, you're, you're right about the physicality of this game. Stanford out out rebounded Arizona 34 to 26. Um, and, 
frankly, it, it felt like more than that. Even the uh, Stanford was just pushing Arizona out of position down low. Mm-hmm. They came with a ton more energy on this one. I'm not sure if Arizona was just sleepwalking through this game or they felt like they had this in the bag or they just weren't prepared for the kind of physicality that Stanford brought. But uh, they did not respond well um, at all. They just didn't. Uh, they 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 crumbled a little bit. And you're right. I think Stanford's shooting was uh, a bit absurd. They went 10 for 18 from three. That's 56% from three. You can't really sort of count on that every single time, but it's still only just 30 of their points. Well, yeah, and um, they went 61 percent from the floor overall like it wasn't just yeah. threes like they were just getting easy shots <laughs> they were 23 for 36 from two also 64 percent from uh from non three-point range and they were yeah they were getting really really good looks um i mean from all from all over the place they had one two three four five players in double digits this game mm-hmm. um another really i don't know egregious defensive collapse from arizona this is the thing with arizona and their defense is they need to be locked in. They need to be 100% hyped up, locked in, focused, or they get prone to crumble like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did 88 points off 67 possessions for Stanford. That's that's absurd. Yeah. Uh, you cannot let that happen. It gets a really a not good Stanford team. Um it was it was bad. Uh so Arizona, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with them in terms of their mentality. This is now the fourth, like, really baffling game that they've lost. Uh, and and not even, again, another somewhat blowout. I mean, they were competitive, but, like, they were not close. That game, uh, that game was over with, I don't know, Stanford was up by 10 with a lot of time left. And you just, you knew Arizona wasn't coming back. You could just feel yeah. it. Uh, and it doesn't help that they only play a seven-man rotation. Uh like <laughs> in this game and maybe they're tired yes. but like this game was over long before the end of the game uh yeah. those legs weren't going to be helping them at the end uh this is just this was just a really bad performance and like you said they have to be 100% locked in on defense or they crumble like it's real bad when they are not at their best it's it's weird yeah. it's like Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde uh another thing Stanford is a team that should be easy to defend. Like, everybody has success getting turnovers on Stanford. And while 13 isn't, like, a great number of turnovers, that's how many Stanford had, for Stanford, mm-hmm. it's a low number, I think. Uh, and it felt to me watching that game, like, I kept waiting for Arizona to generate turnovers, get out and run, because that's what they like to do, that's what they're good at. It's what, you know, Tommy Lloyd wants them to do. And it just felt like they couldn't do it that much. And I, I don't know. I just, I'm worried about Arizona. I, I am worried about Arizona for the for the tournament, which is unfortunate considering with what happened this weekend. I, I don't know how many teams we're going to have in the tournament. <laughs> Boy, the Pac-12 four-bid narrative really took a hit. Yeah, uh, and it's Ar- dead, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's dead. I'm not ready to say it, but I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I, yeah. And, and Arizona really can't. Uh, this is again all four of their losses. Like it was Stanford, uh, it was Oregon, it was Washington State and Utah. They're not. Those are not good teams. Those are not good losses. Those are at. Those are each quad two losses basically. Um, well, 
Stanford was a quad two loss. Oregon in Eugene was probably a it's probably a quad one loss, honestly, given where they are in the net. I think it's like top seventy five if you're on the road. Uh, I guess Washington State's probably a quad two. Well, they've dropped down considerably. They they actually might be a quad two loss as well. And um, uh, Utah, that game that actually might also be a quad one loss. So I guess whatever, fine. But There's quad one. These are all but teams like, that are significantly worse than them. Yes, and given the fact that Arizona has beaten some really really good teams, mm-hmm. like. They've beaten UCLA and USC back-to-back this season. Both, both of those teams, way better than Stanford. So yes. much better than Stanford. Better than any other teams uh, they've lost to. Um, they've beaten Creighton, which is now 10th in Ken Palm. They've beaten Tennessee, which is 5th in Ken Palm. Yes. Was the number one team for a little bit there. And they'd probably be higher if they didn't just lose on two back-to-back wild buzzer beaters. Uh, yeah, absurd buzzer beaters for, for, against Tennessee. They beat. They have some really good losses. They could beat some really good teams. They just must need to be locked in, uh, and I guess in the tournament you sort of expect them to be a little bit more locked in. But, but they weren't last year. That's true. That's true. Like they that's, got out physical with a much better team. Like they they were very close to losing to TCU. They didn't look great against was it Wright State their first game? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then against Houston they got hammered. Like. <laughs> right. This is. It's true. I don't think we have a lot of reasons to be super confident about Arizona going into the tournament. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little concerning, and I know that you know I saw Jason Shear sort of on the, on Twitter sort of saying if they're he drops to a I think his record is something like seventy something and four or eighty and four or something ridiculous like that or eighty and eight or something stupid. He only has eight loss at Arizona, and I guess that's I guess that's completely fair, but like. Man, this Arizona team feels like it has some some glaring flaws. And Tommy Lloyd, uh, after the game, sort of recognized the thing that you mentioned. Uh, someone asked him, like, you're running a seven-man rotation. Like, what's going on there? He's like, it's been working for us. Like, why would we go away for it? And I guess to some extent that's true. Uh, why would you go, for, go away from it if a seven-man rotation is uh, getting you the results it's getting you? At the same time, I don't know. Maybe some of the physicality is catching up to them. They did look kind of tired and beaten down at the end of at, towards the end of this game. They looked like they were in position to beat Stanford and to come away with a, a strong second half performance. Harder to put together these mm-hmm. like really strong. They're a second half team, and it's hard to put together second half performances when you're running seven guys. So maybe that has something to do with it. The other thing we didn't talk about: Arizona got goaded into thirty five threes, and they went forty oh, yeah. percent from three. What forty percent from three? That's good. A lot of that was uh, eight of. Uh, Arizona's 14 threes were from Courtney Ramey, who well, had an absolutely fire. absurd, yeah. absurd game. <laughs> Eight for 16 from three. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, that Arizona lost. Otherwise, we'd be talking about that performance because that was incredible <laughs> stuff from Courtney Ramey. Um, but they sh- they went for 35 threes, and, t- and uh, they asked t- Tommy Lloyd and Courtney <sighs> Ramey about it, and they were like, we got to get inside more. Like, 35 threes, is two- that's our season high for threes. Uh, you can't have that happen. So they 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 also recognize that they just got goaded into too many threes as they as they were want to do like mm-hmm. defenses that scheme well for Stanford uh, scheme well against Arizona uh, forced them into a lot of threes and Tommy Lloyd mentioned last year in the Pac-12 tournament Stanford's strategy was identical and it really worked against Arizona that, then in the Pac-12 tournament and pushed Arizona quite a bit. And it really worked here. So I'd love to look at Arizona's losses and look at how many of their shots are threes as opposed to their wins because just anecdotally, mm. it feels like the losses are ones where they have just been 
firing away from deep. Whereas in the wins, it doesn't feel quite so much that way. I think that's completely fair. They had 35 against Oregon. They had 25 um, against Oregon. Wait, 35 against Stanford. 25 <laughs> against Oregon. 28 against Washington State. And 28 against Utah. They averaged this year... Um, I'm trying to see what their three-pointers... Oh, man, I'm trying to... I'm having a really hard time finding how many three-point uh, shots they take. I'm going to find this on basketball reference so that I don't have to... Uh, so it's 30... So it's somewhere around, like, they're averaging close to 30, uh, if not a little over 30-point attempts in their losses. Uh, they are averaging 23 three-point attempts per game, including those games. So probably somewhere like 22. So they're taking eight more, on average, close to eight more three-pointers in their losses. There's a concern. Uh, it sort of is like, I don't know, that's the blueprint on Arizona at this point. So uh, obviously you have to have a good enough team to do it. Stanford is talented enough to do that. Uh, I sort of, we tweeted, I tweeted before the game. I, I thought Arizona would beat the shit out of Stanford, but I also thought that Stanford might make them sweat a little bit. They did more than that. Yeah. So uh, we don't have to talk about extensively about Stanford, but is Stanford figuring some stuff out? They are now... No. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six and two over their last eight games. Their loss was a blowout loss to Colorado in Boulder and a close loss to Arizona State just this past weekend. You, you immediately said no. I don't want to talk about Stanford. <laughs> uh, this is Jared Haas should be tried and convicted of war crimes for this Stanford season. Uh, we talked about Cal fucking things up for the Pac-12 with what they did in non-con, and then the two wins they got in conference play. Uh, Stanford has done much more damage, significantly more <laughs> yeah, damage. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> they had... They've beaten... Not Go as ahead. bad of a non-conference, but they've won more conference games while having zero... Like, nobody, nobody thinks Stanford's doing anything. What are they playing for? They're playing for nothing, and yet <laughs> <laughs> they are giving everyone in the Pac-12 bad losses or giving them close to bad losses and it's infuriating i hate stanford i hate them so much <laughs> they have given now oregon a bad loss uh they if or if they just lay down and lose to oregon oregon might still be in position for uh a tournament spot uh they gave utah a bad yep. loss uh, a couple weeks ago <laughs> if utah beats them we're talking about utah as being in a good position for a bubble spot and now they've given Arizona a bad loss. That's going to certainly take them maybe even out of a two-seed. Um, so. <laughs> Disgusting team. Disgusting yeah. team. <laughs> I don't yes. want to talk about them figuring something out because you might be right. They might be figuring something out. But that's bad at this point because they they get yeah. UCLA next. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I have. Uh, There's no you know, way they win know. that game. No way. UCLA's defense think they is could too be, good. But yeah, I do think they could beat USC though. <laughs> that is absolutely possible. Uh, yeah, I think that's entirely possible. I think they can beat USC. I think they can beat Washington State, Washington, which whatever those don't matter for the conference. I then nor Oregon State, um, but Oregon also. I think they absolutely can beat Oregon. So, oh man, what a stupid team! All right, well that is uh, Arizona losing to Stanford. Uh, that uh, I, I I guess curious now four points. Uh, Four points from Ajulis Tabellis. Uh, four personal, per, four fouls. Mm -hmm. Contrasted with Jaime Hawkins going off, going off, getting 25 points and dominating against Oregon. Did uh, Jaime Hawkins pull himself back into the Pac-12 Player of the Year race? I think 
it's got to be more of more of this, like more of this, to finish the season because I don't think that's enough, uh, on its own because Tubelis has been so dominant this whole season, and Hawk has had a pretty, I mean he's he's been good the whole season despite the fact that the poor shooting was rough for him earlier in the year I think, uh, and to an extent that was still there in this game, but I I don't think at this point. It's it's that close yet, but I won't say it's impossible if Tubelis. I mean, he doesn't have to play this badly, but like if Tubelis puts in some meh performances and Hawkes continues to dominate and be by far UCLA's best player, which is what he has been for a while now, as Jalen Clark has been a little bit off, although, like you said, he was pretty good in this Oregon game. Um he could absolutely make it a conversation. And I can't remember, are these vo- awards voted on before the tournament? I think they are. Because okay. they have a tur- don't they have a tournament player of the year also? Uh, I think, I think you're right. Tournament awards. Uh, but UCLA, I think, will win the conference in the regular season, which will be a point in Hawkes' favor. Uh, you know, best player on the best team. And were it to go in, like, I could see him winning it if he has a good tournament run, which is absolutely possible because we've seen him do it before he can do a little bit of everything if things click right i could yeah i could totally see him winning it i just don't think he will at this point he has to do more so per ken palm uh jaime Hawkes has now moved up to number one in the player ratings over azulis tubelas wow the metrics might support him i don't know i i it was like assume that azulis tubelas is number one but i don't know when you have dumb losses like this where you absolutely disappear I don't know. Jaime Hawkins has had his moments where he disappears, yeah, too. Yeah, that's so. the thing. It's just, like, doesn't matter when those losses happen. Like, to you, like, well, doesn't necessarily have to be in a loss, but does it matter to you when those poor performances happen? Like, Jaime Hawkins, they happen more earlier in the year, I think. Uh, whereas with Tubelis, I mean, it's mostly, I mean, he's had a few, but, like, if they are happening later in the year, is that a tiebreaker for Hawkes, you know, the fact that he improved mm-hmm. and Tubelis fell off, if that happens. Well, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. I'm curious to see uh, how the voters vote on this, how Jaime Hawkes and Jules Tubelis. Those two, it's, it's, it is one and two at that point, whether you have them, we, yeah. whether you have one in, in the first position or the other in, in the first. Um, it's, uh, it's close. Okay, uh, let's move on real quick here to talk about USC. They went 0-2 in Oregon. Um, they... Uh, Got swept by Oregon, Oregon State. They first got their asses beat by Oregon, 78-60 to 60 by uh, the Ducks on Thursday night. And they followed that up with an absolute stinker against Oregon State. Uh, they lost to the lowly beef, 61-58. to 58. Uh, Greg, is USC cooked for the tournament? I don't know. Like, we talked about how they were a lock, you know, because we assumed. Yeah. We assumed. <laughs> stupidly. Yes, yes. <laughs> that they that would they not would lose. Oregon State. To Oregon yeah. State. That they would not lose to the upcoming Stanford game. Uh, well, I don't know at this point. They might. I think they have to win out. Or who do they have mm-hmm. left? Shit, do they have they UCLA have, left? They've uh, No, UCLA. They're done with UCLA, so they don't have to play them. But they do have to play Arizona. So they get Cal. Uh, Arizona's the one. I was they, get, they get Cal and Stanford at home next week. I mean... Those should be wins, but you never know. Should be wins. Uh, then they have to play Colorado and Utah on the road. That's ooh. that's a that's a tough trip. <laughs> that's scary. Utah, I think, needs that game to get to twenty wins, which I do think is something they'll be motivated to do. Mm-hmm. 
that is it's not going to be easy. That's not easy. And then they finish off with Arizona and then Arizona State. Uh, and, two another oof. two tough games. Oh boy, they're in. They're in, <laughs> they're going to cut it real close right now. Um, so we'll. Ah, they're on they, the bubble. They, best case, I think. Like, yeah, it's going to be and close. Then they've got to win. And then they've got to win one or two in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, they can't um, have a bad tournament. Uh, ugh, scary. Did scary not do themselves any favors with this. Gets Oregon State. I Seriously, mean, like what complete, the fuck? Complete incompetence uh, from USC. It was an ugly game, and Oregon State. If Oregon State's going to win games, they're going to win by being the ugliest fucking team you've <laughs> ever seen. And and it was an ugly game. Uh, neither team shot better than thirty three percent from the field. Um, USC shot seven percent from three. They went one for fourteen. <laughs> um, Boogie Ellis had absolutely nothing going in this game. Uh, he had nine points, but off off nine shots. Drew Peterson continued to look pretty pedestrian. I mean, he shot five for twelve, but I also don't think uh, he just he just did not look yeah, good that game. Vince Uchuku is is really good. I think he's still is that that's his best offensive game, right? Yeah, nineteen points, five for ten shooting. Um, that's incredibly efficient. I I think he, and he had three blocks to go along with it. Like he's great, but uh, the rest of his team, especially when they don't have anything, anything anyone shooting hot from the perimeter, buddy, they uh, they struggle. Um, I don't want to say. I mean. I did not get to watch the beginning of this game because I had a lot of homework, but I did catch the end. Uh, and anyway, you can't just call it bad shooting, I think, because while, yes, USC did have a historically bad shooting night, Oregon State didn't shoot well. 31% no. from the floor. You can't be Oregon State when they're shooting 31% from the floor. Come on. That is pathetic. <laughs> oh, so bad. It was so horrible. I mean, oh, fucking USC. Like, Just the worst, even man. On. This whole yeah. conference, I hate every single one of these teams. It really makes it hard to It makes it hard to stay invested at all. You know, I'm like thinking, going through the Pac-12 viewing guide, and I'm like, man, these are some shitty games. Like, <laughs> like last season... Last season, we had three teams. We had three teams who I felt trust, you know? I, I, I felt confident that Arizona was not going to completely fuck things up for the conference last year. I felt confident that while UCLA had their issues, they wouldn't either. And USC was also very good. I'll, they did lose yeah. on the first the first weekend, you know, to Miami. But still, like, they were... It was a close game. It was a close game, Miami and was that right. was a bad matchup for them, I think. And Miami went to the Elite Eight, I'm pretty sure, that year. Yeah, they had a great right? They had a great year. Uh, I wasn't upset about that. USC did what they had to do during the regular season to keep respect for the conference, you know? Uh, yeah. This year, nobody's doing that. Uh, I guess UCLA has done a good job with mostly no stupid losses. Yes, that's right. <laughs> UCLA is the only one that that is trustworthy. But outside at this of point, these teams, outside of them, I am just so upset with each of these teams. Silly shit. Except, man. I guess I'm not upset with Utah. Uh, Utah has done very well for themselves, yeah. like compared to expectations, yeah. with the improvement that's and the consistency. 
It's let's 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 move on to this because uh, I, I want to sort of take a look at the rest of the league, and we can start with Utah. Uh, Utah beat Colorado 73-62, uh, another dominant performance for mm-hmm. the running moose. They got really nice contributions. Uh, some of the other games, Wazoo beat UW 56-51 in Pullman for their first of the rivalry series this season. It was an ugly game, but uh, Muhammad Gay carried Wazoo to a win with 17 points and 15 boards. And finally, uh, ASU escaped Berkeley with an overtime win over Cal 70-62. That game was completely in the mud. Neither team Shot better than 34% from the field. Uh, the leading score for that one was ASU's Desmond Cambridge. We had 25 points off 6 for 15 shooting. Um, let's talk about Utah because this was a really, a really impressive beatdown of Colorado. A Colorado team that's not particularly good, but is, I don't know, borders on, borders on competent, uh, is talented. They've got some guys, mm-hmm. and they smothered them. 37% yes. from the floor Colorado shot against Utah. What did you see from this one? And, and you're right. Uh, they are the most consistent. They look like the most consistent team in the Pac-12 not named UCLA. So what did you see against against Colorado, and how are you feeling about Utah at this point? So I, I think smothered is a great way of putting what happened in that game because Utah got out to a lead in that game early on. And with the exception of like one little comeback early, Utah, they just held held Colorado at arm's length the whole game. Like, it was just you get out to the lead, you grind them down. That's what Utah did. That's what Utah wants to do, and uh, it worked, and it's worked this whole season. I was very impressed with Marco Anthony. I love when he uh, he does his little, I don't know, post thing. He made a three, which is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's odd. It doesn't usually you know happen. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of like a poor man's Boris Diaw. He reminds me of a poor man's <laughs> Timmy Allen. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good comparison. <laughs> like, he's not nearly as good, but uh, he's a similar style of player, uh, which I guess I'm glad Utah has. But um, <laughs> uh, it was it was just a good game overall. Uh, no real performances that I was, I was real disappointed with. Uh, I guess Lazar Stefanovic didn't shoot well, but that's not something I noticed as I was watching. Yeah. Uh, so I was just very pleased with Utah, and I am, I'm sad that Utah's not a tournament team. I really want to see them in the tournament. They're still, they're still, they're still an opportunity here, Greg. I, I get it. I mean, I don't know that you don't. F- they have to. They have to win out. They've got 17 wins right now. They've got five games left. I if think they, they have to, tw- to win out. Yes. Okay. But okay. the problem is, to win out, you have to beat Arizona, Arizona State. UCLA, USC, and then Colorado again in Boulder. One of the hardest five game stretches anyone has in the conference. I think the hardest. Uh, they <laughs> have to play NFC's both brutal. They they got to play both contenders, uh, the, both the top two teams in the Pac-12. They got to play uh, their rival on the road. They've got to play Arizona State. Uh, I don't know, a decent team on the road, mm-hmm. um, and then they got to play USC, which is also fighting for its tournament chances. Yes, I agree. I think they need to, but like, I think they can suffer a loss to Arizona and UCLA. I think they make the tournament. You have to get one of those. Okay. And then win your first game in the tournament. And that's a conversation. So Utah right now. Without Gabe Madsen, like, oh, it's tough. Yeah. I, I get it. I, I think they're not out yet. I think, I think you're right. They're not out yet. But. Not only that, but you know, like the the metrics do count how well you play, even in losses, right? They play Arizona tight. 
that'll move that might move them up uh yeah, but they, they if they play ucla tight that might move them up too how much how much do the metrics actually go into the selection process i feel like results matter i mean the so net, much more the net, the net rankings matter a lot um which is why the ncaa is the one that's upkeeping those right now they have utah 53 and the net will move up teams if they're playing close against really really good ones if they are i don't know if that's a three three point game against Arizona or something, yeah, I, I uh, that might that might look favorably for them. Utah does have the style of play that is difficult for Arizona, mm-hmm. but I think there will be some revenge factor for Arizona after the first game. Sure, although yes, they've played yes. since, and I think Arizona won. Uh, right? What Utah? They played three times this year, right? No, they played twice. Twice? Okay, cool. Uh, so no, I'm just making played, that. They up. haven't played Utah yet, again yet. Never mind. Anyway. Revenge factor in the McHale Center. Uh, not great odds for Utah, but if they can keep that competitive, and if if they can get a result over one of those teams, it becomes a real conversation. And then a a, a good tournament, I I might feel one a win hope. in the tournament. I think if they get one win in the tournament, they finish this five game stretch. If they finish it three and two, Oof. and the two losses are at least within ten, I don't know. I'm. So here's here's what their resume looks like. They're number fifty three in the net. They're number forty seven in Ken Palm. Um, that's you know that's just right on the cusp of of bubble conversation. There, if they get into the forty five, forty four, low forties, it, it's I don't know. They've got to beat the shit out of Arizona. If they beat the shit out of Arizona State, take care of USC, just beat USC and beat the shit out of Colorado again, and then have two close losses to Arizona UCLA. They might be able to get in with just one more win in the tournament and the Pac-12 tournament. I don't know. Depends. It's, it's how, tough. I don't think it's dead. I don't think they're dead. Is yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, they're not dead. I think it's a hard path. It is a very but hard I don't path. Think but you're right that they aren't dead. And also, I'm trying to think about how the bracket works for the Pac-12 tournament. I've just completely forgotten what the tournament format is. What does the path look like for the three seed? They got to play the winner of six and eleven. Don't know who that would be, but I mean, neither of those teams are particularly good. So they got to play the winner of six and eleven. Uh, and then after that, they'll have to play number two, uh, and then and then they'll have the the finals. Okay, but I think that's a good path. The only thing that worries me is, honestly, it might be better to not have a bye just in terms of like getting another win, an opportunity to put another win on the resume. But you get six and eleven, a a win that should be a win. Uh, like assuming Oregon's not six. Oh shit! I was reading that wrong. I thought Oregon was five. Fuck. Are they six right now? They're six right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you need Oregon to move up to five. <laughs> you need Oregon to move up to five. Yes. And then Oregon may Oregon may get may sneak sneak in and get the first round Arizona by. State's playing. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. But and they might they might get uh, that first seed. I mean, Utah may go three and two at, in that final stretch, and Oregon true goes five and zero. Oh, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, an Oregon going five and zero definitely possible, but say Utah has third. If you have to play one of the two big teams, you, Utah matches up so much better, I think, against Arizona. Uh, and you, could, if you get to the Pac-12 tournament final, if you somehow pull off an upset against Arizona in the Pac-12 tournament, oh boy, your odds they just skyrocket. Uh, so, oh man, you've given me hope. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I mean, look, if just getting to 20 wins is a huge accomplishment now, insane accomplishment for a Utah team that 
looked as bad as they did last year, has mm-hmm. been as da- down with this talent. I don't know. That's a this is the thing about like why I kind of hate college basketball and the way that it, I don't hate college basketball, but I hate like the tournament and how much it takes up so much oxygen is we're not going to give Utah credit for getting 20 wins. Like, you know, that's the shitty part. If you yeah, don't get in the tournament, no one cares. Nobody gives a but shit about wins, the NIT. <laughs> yeah. But getting 20 wins is uh, really impressive. Yeah. So. I would feel so much better if uh, I felt like there was some momentum recruiting. But I don't know. Utah yeah, that's the... does not like talk about recruiting at all. So I have no idea what that looks like. I don't think yeah. it's good. All right. Well, anything else about these uh, about these games? Arizona State Cal was, if I recall, <laughs> stupid game. <laughs> yeah. Dumb game. Much closer games. than it should have been for most of that game. Like there were stretches where I was like, "Is is Arizona State going to lose this?" Uh, but of course, it is Cal, so Arizona State won. Good game from Desmond Cambridge, but. Man, Arizona State has not looked good recently. <laughs> no, they have not. Uh, they they finally ended some of their slides this week by beating both Stanford and Cal, but goddamn, they are they're bad. All right, uh, let's wrap up recapping this week, starting with MVPs. Greg, do you have an MVP top of mind? Jaime Hawkes, the performance okay. against Oregon, uh, that comes to mind. Uh, I, I'm sure I had another one, but I forgot it, so you go. Yeah, I've got uh, Spencer Jones this week. Yes. A Stanford player. Yeah. First time we get a Stanford <laughs> player winning this. Uh, you had 17 points off 5 for 12 uh, shooting in a close loss to Arizona State on Thursday and followed that up with an explosive 18 points. It was a very loud 18 points, mm-hmm. six boards, two assists off 8 for 15 shooting against Arizona. Um, honorable mention to Jordan Pope, the freshman of the year candidate from Oregon State. Back-to-back 17-point game. Shot nearly 50% from the field in both of those. Uh, shot over 50, shot 50% in the game against USC. Uh, we don't really talk about him much just because Oregon State is uh, kind of, kind of yeah, they're not good. And they're not good in a way that is unfun is to watch. Like Cal, right? <laughs> We're talking about Cal all the fucking time. Uh, but we never talk about Oregon State because they're just bad. They're just regular boring bad um but jordan pope is having a really great year uh he probably is freshman of the year at this point which is absurd to say because we barely talk about him this might be the first time all season we really talked about him substantively whatsoever but he's had a really great year um he's um he's really shown out uh honorable mentions also to jaime hawkes as you mentioned he kind of sucked against oregon state that's a good point really really great against oregon uh courtney ramey did not exist in versus cal but getting 26 points against Stanford off eight for 16 Because threes, they lost to Stanford, I, I disqualified him because he is yes. the obvious candidate with the scoring. <laughs> but uh, you're Arizona, you lost to Stanford, so I, I did not consider him. Reasonable. Uh, last last one real quick. Uh, who deserves uh, to be in shit shack? I mean, USC, right? Like, yeah, it's probably USC. You oh, can't Arizona too. Arizona too. Both of them. More so USC. I mean, USC, Arizona's going to get into the tournament. They'll be a top four seed. That's a good point. USC's loss was worse. And and it was to, it was two of them. Uh, just absurd. Absurd stuff. Yeah, USC's in the shit check. Just a bunch of fucking clowns uh, yet again. Fucking annoying. Oh, yeah, They're annoying. Yeah. Very annoying. Especially and, and so after like two weeks ago, I was I was like, I'm, I'm really starting to like USC this season, you know? <laughs> and of course, they reminded me, no, <laughs> never like USC. Yeah, absurd. So uh, per per Joe Lenardi, he hasn't come out with a new bracket, but on the broadcast, they were sort of saying that even with the loss on the Oregon-UCLA broadcast, or was it? I think it was the Oregon-UCLA broadcast. I have broadcast. no idea. 
Um, they sort of mentioned that USC is still one of the last four buys, but TBD. Um, okay, let's move on to do a quick update on the net ranking so you know where everyone stands after a chaotic couple of weeks. Here's how they fall. Uh, number five, UCLA. Uh, Arizona is number 10. Oregon is number 51 in the net. Utah is number 53 in the net. USC is number 62. ASU is number 65. Colorado is 70. Wazoo is 81. Stanford is 105. UW is 123. Oregon State 205. And Cal all the way down at 296. Any reactions to this? Uh, It feels like if you're going by the net rankings, you got two teams that are on the cusp of a bubble spot in Oregon and Utah. USC, ASU, maybe threatening a little bit. Uh, Any reactions to any of this stuff? Not not really. Um, I'm just... I don't know. I I don't know how much I am trusting the net as a barometer because while you're right, it is important. It is something that the NCAA, they themselves do. But I do think results matter. Like, I do think it's not just these metrics. Uh, and I think the bad result, well, I guess the bad results for Oregon and the lack of great results for Utah, I just think those are going to be too much unless they have a great finish. Yeah. I think that's completely fair. We'll find out. I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, UCLA not getting a one seed per this. I mean, I know this isn't the only thing they look at, so we'll have to see. Uh, but I don't know. I'm always disappointed by how low the Pac-12 is because I'm like, I'm looking at some teams and their records across the country, like the ACC and the Big Ten. And I'm like, how are they getting bubble consideration over like, it's like, you know, 14 and 11 teams like fucking Kentucky or North Carolina or whatever they are getting consideration over like a 17 and six Utah or whatever. Um, it's infuriating. I hate the, uh, I hate, I hate the rest of the country. It's horrible. Um, anyway. Okay. Let's, uh, let's depart from all of that to make some game predictions. All right. How about we start off Greg with a wooden's weekly winner update. I uh, may or may not have once again forgotten to get an update. Uh, so, Good job, Greg. <laughs> uh, we're going to have another double update next week. Very exciting. Great. Make sure to tune in. It'll be electric. <laughs> every every week it's an adventure. Is Greg going to have a Wooden's Weekly update? I meant to update? do it. I, I woke up this morning and I was like, I will do that. <laughs> and then I didn't. <laughs> you had like, fi- and you had like fifteen minutes too before we hit record because <laughs> I was completely I was finishing this shit. Existed. <laughs> I have to remember on my show notes to be like to remind Greg. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I should set a reminder Good. myself. Uh, really, <laughs> I don't know we'll how I that. forgot about that. Anyway, um, I'm sure it we'll was great, and everyone had bad picks because woof. Saturday had a lot of Blood unexpected bath. games, so I'm sure I'm sure the picks will be bad this week, but. Yeah. Guess we'll find out next week. <laughs> we will find out next week. Um, okay, I've got only two games for us to pick. It's a, this is the the worst slate in quite some time. Oof. I'm not sure that there's a, a really Man, it's super been redeemable rough game a lot recently. <laughs> it's been bad. Uh, so here's the first one. I actually think this one might be a little intriguing. On Thursday, February 16th, Utah is traveling to Tucson to play Arizona. Another revenge game for the Wildcats, but uh, maybe... Arizona's reeling right now. Arizona, per Kempom, are eight-point home favorites. Greg, who wins who covers? I think Arizona wins and covers. It's in the McHale Center. Revenge factors we mentioned. Um, it's just without Gabe Matson, I don't think Utah has 
quite so much the capacity to pull off an upset as they did the first time these two teams played. Uh, with his ability to shoot, that really does raise Utah's ceiling. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I think Arizona's going to win fairly comfortably. Arizona struggles against lesser talented, well-coached, competent teams so far this True. year. Uh, Utah? Lesser talented, but very competent. Extremely competent. They are playing well above their talent level. Um, but Arizona is like Utah football in the McHale Center. It, they truly are just a completely different team when they play in Tucson. So I'm going to say Arizona wins. I don't think they cover, though. I think it's... I'm going to say no. I'm going to give Utah a little bit more trust and say they they keep this with an eight, so, which would be good for their, for their resume. Uh, all right, next up, Stanford travels to SoCal to play USC. The Trojans are seven-point home favorites. This one is on Saturday. Greg, who wins? Who covers? I want Stanford. I, I, I mean, I don't want Stanford. <laughs> Fuck Stanford. I want <laughs> USC, but man, I, I really feel like Stanford's going to win, so I'm taking Stanford. Wow. Wow. Gross. Um, oh man, Stanford should not win this game. Uh, I don't see why they would. USC, infinitely more talented. This game is at the Galen Center. That maybe counts for something. So I'm going to pick USC. I don't think they cover seven points. So I think Stanford is going to make them sweat. Although, you know, in this uh, this little stretch that Stanford is on right now, they are one and, they've only had to play two road games, and they went one and one. They split. They barely beat Utah, but then got their ass kicked by Colorado. So we'll see. All right. That's it. Uh, remember, you've, uh, we've got some full-length football episodes coming up on our Patreon at NoTruckStops.com. We're going to be talking about SMU, SDSU, Pac-12 TV deals. Uh, so check out our Patreon at NoTruckStops.com. Subscribe for just $8 right now to get that and more Pac-12 football content. For now, it's basketball season. Coming down the stretch here, it should be a lots of fun. That's Greg. I'm Carlos. Thank you for listening. And remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Still and thick with smoke So thick it makes you choke The crowd falls in The coffee's kicking And my patience are wearing thin Said I'm lonelier Than a single sax On a quiet city street Things aren't always green On the sunny side of the street And I don't mind If the sun don't shine Bloody weather suits me fine Pour another glass of wine